AM, The Zone. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Another beauty on the way as far as our weather is concerned. Sunshine and 44 are expected high. Tomorrow's sunny and 41. Sunday, partly sunny and 49 degrees. That's the way I want to welcome you into a Friday. How are you doing, everybody? Fabulous farm Bay Pam Yankee. So glad to be along with you. Well, now more people are starting to sound off about their concerns of Wisconsin losing the opportunity to host World Dairy Expo. One of our state representatives now sounding off about not only the uh, legacy piece that World Dairy Expo brings to Wisconsin, but also concerned about the economic impact uh, that that show's moving would play on the state's economy. We've got details on that. And it's that time of the year. Maple syrup production is underway. And so long as Mother Nature cooperates, things should keep rolling along. Josh Scramlin caught up with a Wisconsin syrup producer, and we're going to find out how things are coming along. That's all on the way. Weather-wise, like I said, no complaints right now, but what's ahead for next week? We'll find out when Stu Muck joins us in about 15 minutes. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You're grateful for all the ways technology can connect us. Unfortunately, there are online scammers who want to take advantage. Malicious viruses, phishing scams, and identity theft are more prevalent than ever. That's why Rural Mutual includes cybersecurity protection as an option on every policy. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Here in America's Dairyland, we know that it's our diversity that keeps us going, whether that comes in the size and diversities of our farms, processors, or in the products that we're putting out, finding new ways to expand into different markets. And Pam, you had a chance to chat with someone who had a pretty good idea going forward. Yeah, and it was all inspired by being a good mom. Fabulous farm bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Pretty cool story. Michelle McBride is in the Chicago area. She is a a soccer mom, I guess you could describe her as, very involved in her kids and the sports that they play. But she became a little concerned when uh, the only fluids that her kids were being given were sports drinks. Sports drinks with a lot of calories and a lot of additives. So Michelle took it into her hands to try to supplement that. She started bringing chocolate milk to her kids' sporting events so that they were able to recharge with the great taste of chocolate milk. But it wasn't enough. So from those humble beginnings comes good sport, an activity drink, a sports drink that is all dairy-based. It was an interesting journey, one that Michelle McBride shared with me. 100%. I am a mom with kids that play sports, and my son in particular, every time he'd go to one of his baseball games, he'd be offered a sports drink, one of the traditional sports drinks that's filled with artificial ingredients, and I just didn't want him drinking it. So my husband and I had read about athletes who recover with chocolate milk, and I began bringing him chocolate milk as an alternative after his games. 
you know, and, and chocolate milk and milk, as I'm sure your listeners all know, is a wonderful aid for recovery after athletics. But it's not ideal to drink before and during physical activity because the protein can, you know, sit in your gut and be a bit uncomfortable because it's slower to digest. So, but that chocolate milk that I was bringing him was the inspiration. You know, I really wanted a, a, a drink that would provide effective hydration with natural ingredients. And I tried every natural product I could get my hands on. A lot of them didn't, I mean, they really didn't taste good. You know what I mean? And so they don't help if you can't get it down. So that was of no help to him. And then, you know, I started to learn more and more about hydration and they really didn't have the um, the things that you need to provide any level of hydration beyond that of plain water. And so I did a little bit of research and I learned that milk is packed with electrolytes and the right balance of carbohydrate to provide effective hydration. And that scientific studies have shown milk is more hydrating than traditional sports drinks and water. And I said, well, wow we got to try this. We've got to try to make a sports drink from the goodness of milk. And so now with good sport, athletes no longer have to choose between a sports drink with natural ingredients or effective hydration. They can have both with good sport. That is outstanding. But I want to re- make sure that the dairy farmers listening understand it comes at a cost, so to speak. Milk as it stands can be kind of a challenge to get into a sports drink, Talk to me a little bit about some of the things we don't know about milk's makeup, milk's qualities, Michelle, that made it uh, a challenge you had to take to scientists. Yeah. So, well, first of all, you have to remember, too, I come at this totally outside of food or dairy. And so I, you know, the first thing I said is I, I need experts to help me with this. The first expert I contacted was Dr. Bob Murray. He was the founder and director of the Gatorade Sports Science Institute for over 20 years. So he was able to educate me about the very important components that you need in an effective sports drink. And we knew that that was a certain level of of electrolytes and carbohydrates with a taste profile people would want to drink when they're sweating, okay? And so I made these, I had these prototypes, we really worked on them, but it, it, you know, I, I have pictures of the fails of my children around the table tasting these, these concoctions I had tried to make. It didn't work. And so we, I was introduced to the Center for Dairy Research at the University of Wisconsin and K.J. Burrington, their superstar uh, dairy food scientist. And, you know, one of the issues that we had is that the drink – continued to be milky. And that's not what athletes were looking for while they were sweating. And I'll tell you, um, you know, the components of milk, calcium, it's wonderful, but it is a bear to work with in the laboratory. I couldn't believe it. And so there was a big education component on my side, but with KJ's help, you know, she explained, you know, I said, how do we get rid of the milkiness? And she said, well, the milkiness is caused, you know, or created by the proteins in milk, which is wonderful, right, for many other applications except for when you're trying to work out. And I said, well, can't we ultra-filter the protein out of the milk? Because it's not necessary for hydration. And she said, of course, come on up to the lab. Now, I have to tell you, 
we could have never done this. I, as a, as a entrepreneur, as a mom who's never done anything in food and beverage, if I didn't have the resources of the Center for Dairy Research, which is supported by the dairy farmers of Wisconsin, I came to learn. If I didn't have that as a resource, there's no way we'd be here now. Okay. It'd be impossible. And so KJ really helped us with that. And there's some other, you know, really scientific um, applications, important things that come up when you're dealing with creating something with the high electrolyte content that milk has. So there, it was a challenge and, you know, thank goodness for, you know, the scientists up at the CDR that we had their help to be able to, to unlock, you know, the natural hydrating power of milk. Amazing. Amazing. Now tell me the story. You as a dedicated mom, not only committed to uh, dairy as an uh, actual ingredient for your son and other young athletes, uh, sports drink, what was it? Uh, did you, were you particularly intrigued about dairy once you got into it? Michelle, tell me a little bit about the behind the scenes research that you took on yourself to really follow milk around. Yeah, so I was really, I, I say this all the time, I, I didn't set out to innovate in dairy. It was a byproduct of this um, quest to create a superior sports drink, one that would really work and be from a natural source. And what what's more natural than milk? What's more wholesome and, and good than milk? And so I was just very fortunate that when I started my research, that I learned that milk had this super hydrating power. And then I got to start with it, you know, as, as the base of our drink. And so that was, you know, really where my interest began. And then it's sort of like layers of the onion. As I learned more and more about dairy and the benefits of milk, it's really you know, it's mind blowing and just how, what a wonderful, you know, what, what nutrition is um, offered from, from the goodness of milk. How did you end up following milk tankers and going that deep into the dairy industry? (laughs) Well, listen, starting uh, a beverage brand is not for the faint of heart and definitely starting (laughs) a beverage brand based in dairy is not. And so, you know, this, this is a new application on both sides of the field, both in the dairy world and in sports drinks. And so, you know, for instance, um, my good friend, Val Weber, <laughs> Valerie Weber over at Hagen Trucking, who's helped me transport the milk permeate that we use. So I'm just going to step back for one second. So we went to the lab at the CDR, you know, to learn how we could use milk to create a sports drink. And we ultra filtered the milk and removed its protein. And we're left with the part of the milk that's packed with electrolytes and vitamins and carbohydrates to, to make this refreshing, thirst-quenching sports drink, Right. But what I learned through the CDR also is that dairy companies often ultra-filter milk, you know, in the regular course of their business and use the protein to standardize cheeses and make whey protein powders and things like that. But they aren't able to use the part of the milk that we use for good sport. And you guys call it milk permeate. You know, we we refer to it as um, ultra-filtered deprotonized milk, milk that's you know, had the protein removed. And so we work with, with dairy companies to, to capture the milk permeate sustainably instead of, you know, buying 
you know, milk and, and filtering it and waiting, wasting the protein. So we're contributing to the sustainability of the dairy industry as well by using this very nutritious byproduct. Well, you know, when you're doing that and you're bringing it over to a manufacturer that's used to working with ingredients that are in typical sports drinks, it's a little confounding to them. And that's where my friend Val Weber helped me out. Um, she's, uh, you know, got this incredible company that, that she's taken over and built to help transport milk and milk permeate. I'm sure many of your listeners have used them. And she truly helped helped solve a piece of the puzzle when we were working with our co-man as to how to actually make this happen. And so in addition to the CDR and Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, I also have a very, very smart, bright truck driver to thank, you know, trucking company owner uh, and the truck driver, her husband, Pat, to thank for, you know, getting this finally launched. Michelle McBride, a mom who decided to take matters into her own hands when it came to the sports drinks that her athletic kids were consuming. And that's how we have Good Sport. Again, a milk-based sport drink that comes in four different flavors and is available on both Amazon and their website, goodsport.com. The other thing that's interesting about Good Sport is that the qualities within that dairy-based nutrition product have benefits as much as two hours after it's consumed. Find more and the whole interview with Michelle on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Should you be wearing shorts or industrial-grade insulated pants? Around these parts, it's tough to tell, but not for ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Weather is up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Registration for Johnson Tractor's Planter Clinic is going on now. This clinic is catered to your situation based on your Case IH or Kimsey planter. Take classes on your own time and have access in the field once planting starts. Complete your class by March 31st and earn a reward on your next parts purchase. Look for the registration link at johnsontractor.com. Johnson Tractor from land to lawn. At Eastman Chemical Sun Prairie, they transform materials that improve your everyday life. Their technologies create innovative products and solutions with specialized molecules that make housewares more practical, medical devices more durable, cars and buildings safer, and so much more. In short, their products matter because their employees do. Eastman Chemical is now hiring production operators. Start a new career at Eastman by applying online at Eastman.com. Eastman Chemical Sun Prairie. Smog, garbage, sewers, car exhaust. Today's world puts our sense of smell on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. When you visit, your nose will instantly recognize the purity of nature. Bask in the aromatic scent of the black pine trees blowing in the wind. Detect the sweet fragrance of primroses, wild violets, and blue sage. Smell the fresh salt water in the air as waves crash into rocky shoals. When you smell these things, you're smelling the world the way we found it. 
With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refugees. That's fws.gov refugees. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, let's talk about what's happening, not just today, but right on through the weekend. Time for your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. And our man, Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live. I tell you what, I got a to-do list down my arm because this uh, this weather just continues to get better and better before we talk on Monday, doesn't it? Absolutely. A whole lot more mild air is going to be in store, and we're going to see more snow melt and everything that says spring is trying to build on in. But we're getting to see a bigger and bigger difference in high temperatures, especially when we look to western Wisconsin around uh, La Crosse and certainly at Mauston, and then look further east. The closer you get to the Lake Michigan shore, there's a much bigger variation in temperatures. Even yesterday in the upper 40s, 47 officially at La Crosse, only 33 at Madison. I had 32 over near Sheboygan. A very big difference in temperatures. Still somewhat like that today, but we're all moderating. We will warm up. And we don't talk about rain until heading to about next Wednesday. I'll have forecast details right after this. The Pioneer Agronomy Hour is happening Tuesday, March 16th, and it's something you don't want to miss. Three local Pioneer field agronomists will be joining Pam Yonke for an update on all things that have to do with pest management in southern Wisconsin. To get a feel for what you're going to hear during the event, check out the Defend Your Yield from Pest in 2021 podcast series. Agronomist Bob Berkovich of southeast Wisconsin is going to help you tackle the issue of weed resistance and management. You know, as we look back from the past 10 to 20 years, weed control has been actually pretty easy in our corn and soybean fields with the herbicide technology that's commonplace in in those crops. But moving forward, issues with weed resistance and weed management is is a huge deal, and and these issues aren't going to go away. The Pioneer Agronomy Hour is happening Tuesday, March 16th at 10 a.m., and you can register to attend that event and get the Zoom link by going to MidwestFarmReport.com. Protect this year's yields with the help of Pioneer. Alrighty, Stu, getting geared up for spring planting. Go ahead and share that forecast for not only the weekend, but boy, I like those temps next week. Absolutely, and our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update is for a sunny day today. And I'd expect to be close to 50 at La Crosse and just in the low 40s in eastern Wisconsin. And the winds will become northwest only about 5, partly cloudy overnight. Down toward the upper teens in many areas, could stay in the 20s near La Crosse. West winds about 5, sunny on Saturday, and again, pushing to be around 40 at best in the east and south. Could be mid-40s as we head toward Mawson and La Crosse. Northeast winds about 5. Then there's Sunday, mostly sunny skies. Upper 40s, probably a 50 at La Crosse. Southeast and south winds at 5 to 10. Into the 50s then Monday and Tuesday, Pam, but Tuesday night, Wednesday, some rain. There could very well be thunderstorms around here as we head toward the mid part of the week. Does it look like a, a big rain, though, or will we handle I it? I wouldn't think a big one, but, you know, a thunderstorm could drop uh, a half to an inch in a pretty big hurry in some spots, so mm-hmm. it'll be wet. All right. All the more reason why we need you to join us as an official rainfall reporter for the National Weather Service. Get signed up during the month of March. We're partnering with the National Weather Service, and you can find that link if you would like to text us. Text the word RAIN to the number 877 
301-3276. That's your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Find them at Compure.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Interest rates are at all-time lows and home equity is at all-time highs. You know what that means? You can save big money by refinancing your mortgage loan. Whether you want to just save a few hundred dollars a month, consolidate some debt, or get money for home improvements, now's the time to call me. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. And MLS number 222-652. Jewelry is always the perfect gift for that special someone. You want to go to Goodman's Jewelers, where they have the experience and patience to work with you to find that perfect diamond. Pendant necklace, diamond earrings, engagement ring. It'll be a one of a kind and all yours at Goodman's Jewelers, a couple blocks from the Capitol on State Street. You'll need what's under the hood to make noise, or you'll miss the real noise. Hammered one deep. Interstate All Battery Center in Middleton carries long-lasting car and truck batteries for power-hungry fans of the game. After all, you'd rather listen to a brewer than a bummer. Your soundtrack of summer relies on Interstate All Battery Center in Middleton. Interstate batteries. Outrageously dependable. Listen, we've just gotten a taste of what Wisconsin winter is going to be like. Don't tell me you're already having problems with that snowblower. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City or online, McFarlands.net. You can talk and text with the staff if you've got questions, 608 643 3321, I'll tell you, they are ready for you. No matter what brand you've got, Simplicity, Toro, Boss, they want you to have a successful winner. Get that snowblower in now, McFarland's. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help regarding an attempted homicide that occurred one year ago. On January 29, 2020, a mother and her two young children were brutally attacked by an unknown gunman in the 2700 block of Dahl Street. It is presumed that the gunman followed the victims from their residence located in Kennedy Heights Apartments. While traveling in the 2700 block of Dahl Street, the car in which the gunman was riding cut the victim off, forcing their car to stop. The gunman then exited the car and fired multiple rounds into the car that the victim and her two young children were 
were traveling in. The mother and a child sustained injuries related to the gunfire. Madison Police Department's Violent Crime Unit is reaching out to the public in hopes that someone has more information about this senseless act of gun violence. Please visit MadisonAreCrimeStoppers.org or Madison Area Crime Stoppers Facebook page for additional photos and video of the suspects. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Would it be crazy if you packed your bags and left? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit PeaceCorps.gov. Rob, so let me ask you, brother. We're, uh, we're watching, <clears throat> I'm watching the Packers press, pressers, what was it, two days ago. And Brian Gutekunst, let's just, let's just dive right into it because what Nelly and I were just talking about. Aaron Jones and the franchise tag. Packers haven't franchised someone since Ryan Pickett, 2010. Could they do it with Aaron Jones, Robbie, for what, $8 million? I, I think it really makes sense. I, I got the impression, you know, when, the, when those pressers ended on Tuesday, Evo, that the organizational mindset, uh, which has always, I shouldn't say always, but certainly back to Ted Thompson when he arrived in 05, has been obviously you, you play somewhat for today, but, you, but you're also playing for years and years and years down the road. And Ted, Ted was always conservative. Gutekunst has been a little bit, a little bit conservative too. You know, I know he made the big free agency splash a couple of years ago with with the Smiths and Turner and Amos, um, but it hasn't exactly been an organization that goes for it. Um, it the the door is you know is going to be wide open for them, Evo, this year if they want to quote unquote go for it. Um, they're only about five or six million over the cap now. You know, they, they picked up about $10 million when they dumped Kirksey and, and, and Wagner a couple weeks ago. They'll, they'll certainly do some more adjusting and make, make a couple more cuts here, I think, in the next week to get themselves down under that number. But specifically to Jones, Ebo, you're not getting better when you lose one of your five or six best football players. I, I think they fully understand the window right now with Aaron Rodgers is two or three years. Um, they will in all likelihood extend Rodgers. Um, and, and put, you know, play around with that money a little bit, Evo, that, that he has coming due and, and give him some guarantees that not only is he the quarterback in 2021, but he might be the quarterback then as well in 2022. And they'll postpone the Jordan Love era <laughs> probably by, by restructuring Rogers contract. They'll pick up some money there. The Jordan um, Love era. The, the bottom line, Evo, is, is, is they're going to find a way to get, you know, Eight, ten, twelve, fifteen million dollars, whatever it turns out to be, under that cap, 
Um, I think I think they take Jones because I don't like the odds there of getting a long-term deal done. And they might even have some money, and Gutekunst referenced this the other day, Evo. They might even have some money to go out and sign a guy or two. Um, and there are, we've, we've talked about this on the show before, Evo. There are going to be some outstanding football players in the next week released. Guys where you're shaking your head going, oh, my God, I can't believe so-and-so just whacked him, and I, I can't believe the 49ers just whacked that guy. Kind of like Kyle Van Noy yesterday or two days ago yeah. uh, in, in Miami, you know, who had just signed a monster deal, of a, a really good linebacker. Um, it, there are going to be players like that, Evo, all over the league because you know this. I mean, half the league and then some has enormous salary cap issues going on right now. So it's it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a free-for-all. I, I think, you know, one of the one of the reporters at the at the four-letter yesterday, you know, quoted a GM saying there's going to be a massacre in the next week. Yeah. And there could yep. be evil. There, there absolutely could be. Michael Bidwell, who owns the Cardinals, um, said there's going to be a seismic shift in talent across the league in the next week. I mean, we've, we've got some teams, Evo, with 50, 60, even as much as $80 million at cap space, which is what Jacksonville has, where they can go out and probably sign six, eight, ten starters if they want. We've got other teams like the Saints that are $70 million over the cap <laughs> that are going to be absolutely whacking Evo, really, really good football players. So it, it's going to be wild, but I, I think at the end of the day um, – Brian Gutekunst absolutely has to find a way to keep Aaron Jones in Green Bay. Again, he's one of your five or six best football players. You, to me, you are, you know, and, and he's probably one of their best two or three just human beings inside the locker room. Oh, yeah. Too, you know? Well, Rob, you I know, mean, so- Nelly's, Nelly's got a question for you, but real quick on Aaron Jones. I said, Aaron Jones, like, like, will he hold out? Will he sit out like Le'Veon Bell did or something? And I'm like, well, Aaron Jones' military background, he's a team-first guy. It's always like, how can I help the team? How can I help, you know, my group of people that I'm with? Uh, do wh- could you see Aaron Jones holding out? Uh, three months ago, I would have told you on that absolutely not, Evo, because you hit it there. Great family, military background, yes sir, no sir, kind of a kid, um, just just a really quality human being. But now his agent is Drew Rosenhaus, who was absolute scum of the earth, and um, <laughs> you know he's he's a great agent. Don't get me wrong; you you see why people go to him. But you also see why teams hate negotiating with him because Drew Rosenhaus will use that holdout card. And, and you could see that coming then at some point in time from Aaron Jones. The thing is, even with that, Evo, I mean, Aaron Jones at 26 years old, you know, he might miss a training camp, let's say, Evo, when, when the fines start to add up. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it may not say spring on the calendar, but boy, these temperatures definitely make you feel like it is spring. Today, daytime highs right around 44, tomorrow 41, Sunday 49, and we're into the 50s next week. Along with that warmer weather comes more outdoor activities. Right now, our Wisconsin maple syrup producers are in full swing on production. Josh Scramlin is going to visit with the executive director of our Wisconsin Maple Syrup Association as we wrap her up for a Friday. How are you? I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. So today is the fifth day of March. Not a lot of big items that I could find for us today. On this day, back in 1872, the air brake was patented. Now, at that time, it was used as a major part of the railway braking system using compressed air. But now we know 
that air brakes uh, occur in a lot of our heavy industri- industrial uses. So that started on this day back in 1872. Happy birthday to Eva Mendez. She's 47. And can you believe it? Andy Gibb. Remember Andy Gibb, former BG? He died on this date back in 1988. Wow, that's a while ago, and now you know. Well, we want you to know we're keeping an eye on what's happening with regards to the weather, and we're not alone. USDA Chief Meteorologist Brad Rippey is also watching developments as we get closer to spring planting, and right now there is a lot of the country looking at drought-like conditions. Some of the commodities we more typically look at throughout the year, first of all, winter wheat. Currently seeing almost one-third of the winter wheat production area in drought. 32% is the exact number that has been hovering right in the lower 30s all through February. And it does show that there is a portion of the wheat crop, particularly across the high plains, that is experiencing some drought stress. That also a concern as the crop will be breaking dormancy from south to north over the next few weeks. Elsewhere, hay production in drought, 37 percent of the country. That number has been ranging from 35 to 37 percent. Cattle inventory, U.S. cattle inventory and drought, 45 percent. That number has been basically steady in the mid-40s. You might remember during the February deep freeze, a lot of producers were having to increase feed, and due to the drought, there were some shortages of feed during that time. So obviously that was one of the implications of the drought that continues to affect the middle and western parts of the country. Looking at commodities in drought, it's getting close enough to spring planting season that I think it's worthwhile taking a look at the corn and soybean numbers. With prices higher, we're expecting a big planting season for commodities. And so looking at the U.S. corn production area, very little of that crop in the ground and there only in the deep south. But it is worth noting that 27% of the U.S. corn production area is currently experiencing drought. 22% of the soybean production area currently experiencing drought. Most of that is across some of the western production areas, generally the plain states. That is something to watch to see if drought begins to creep further east as we move into the planting season over the next few weeks. Meanwhile, another commodity that we'll be watching over the next few weeks, we're still a ways away from planting, but spring wheat. Due to the drought across the northern plains, 77% of the spring wheat production area is currently experiencing drought. Again, something to watch as we move on into the spring planting season. USDA's chief meteorologist, that's Brad Rippey, and it's pertinent to talk about what's happening with the weather right now. Already in the state of Texas, 3% of their corn has been planted. Now, while that's well ahead of what we'd normally have done, uh, that is still behind their 7% average that normally would be planted by this stage in March in the state of Texas. Well, there's more comments coming in now about the possibility that World Dairy Expo could relocate outside of the state of Wisconsin. The latest to comment, State Representative Travis Trannell, representative from southwest Wisconsin, who is also a dairy producer himself. World Dairy Expo means so much to dairy farmers and producers, not only in the state of Wisconsin, but throughout the country. It's a huge honor to host that event year after year in Wisconsin, in Madison. When I heard that they were thinking about switching locations because of COVID restrictions, this is unfortunately just another example where Dane County is just completely out of touch, calling on the governor to do everything he can to make sure that the Dairy Expo is held in the state of Wisconsin as it has been in the past.
That's Wisconsin Representative Travis Trannel from Southwest Wisconsin. In his letter to Governor Evers, he points out that the World Dairy Expo attracts about 70,000 people from around the world every year, and it provides $30 million in economic impact to the state's economy. More importantly, he says, it is an important legacy to Wisconsin's dairy industry. So the conversations continue on uh, what the protocol is going to be by this fall for big events like World Dairy Expo. Remember, World Dairy Expo Board of Directors said that they would make an announcement on their decision for where the 2021 show will be held sometime yet this spring. It's up to you to help Wisconsin beat Minnesota. The Badgers have faced off against the Gophers on the court. Now it's time for a real-life border battle. Join your fellow Wisconsinites who report everything from snowfall to raindrops as states duke it out in a nationwide competition to see who can recruit the most volunteer weather observers during the month of March. Last year, Minnesota took home the first-place trophy for weather volunteers. Wisconsin, they placed third. We can't let that happen again. Weather observers help the National Weather Service create more accurate weather reports for your area. All you have to do is visit cocorahs.org to sign up, attend a quick online training, and then you're ready to report the weather right from your own backyard. The more observers, the better and more accurate the forecast for Wisconsin. Get into the March Madness spirit and help America's dairy land topple the land of 10,000 lakes. Visit cocorahs.org for more info. Let me keep that weather-related theme going here and remind you again that we'd love for you to become a part of the National Weather Service's official rainfall reporters. And uh, we're really driving that message all through the month of March. If you would like to receive a link to the application that you can fill out to be an official National Weather Service rainfall reporter, you can text the word RAIN to the number 877-301. Farm. Text the word RAIN to 877-301-3276. So basically, just like you were going to text anybody else, but you enter the phone number first, 877-301-3276, and then in your message, just put the word RAIN. Hit send, and we'll get you that link immediately. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning. Our firm, December corns up two at 477. November soybeans down three, 1227. July wheats down a penny and a half at 639 a bushel. Barrel cheese gained four and a half yesterday at 146 and a half. 40 pound block cheese that was up four at 169. Double A butter that dropped a penny and a quarter on Thursday to 167 and three quarters per pound. The April milk. Closed 25 cents lower yesterday at 17.69 a hundredweight. Remember, you can get signed up now for Ag Day at the Capitol. That's going to be held virtually on March 24th, but the deadline for signing up in registering is March 17th. Go to the Wisconsin Farm Bureau website, wfbf.com, and get signed up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. 
The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Hey, check the grill. The game's coming on. It's time to turn those Johnson Sausage Brats. And what a deal. You buy five packages at $6 each, and you get a package free. Pick up burgers, roasts, chops, and Wisconsin's finest cheese at Johnson's Sausage Shop in Ryle. They're perfect for cooking out or eating in. Add your favorite beer, wines, or liquor, and eat deliciously. See johnsonsausage.com. Brats are ready. Johnson's Sausage Shop in Ryle. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. When he was in college, he would use his talent as a world-renowned hog caller as a way to pick up chicks. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Anytime Wisconsin's maple syrup producers head into the woods to begin tapping trees, you know that spring is not too far away. Teresa Barone is the executive director of the Wisconsin Maple Syrup Producers Association, and she is also a syrup producer herself in Brown County. She's been involved in the maple syrup industry her entire life, as her family has been producing syrup on their farm, Maple Sweet Dairy, since 1964. So, Teresa, I'm really glad that I caught you because this is, by far, your busiest time of the year. So, this really is our busy season. Um, Most people around Wisconsin are already tapped. We, up in De Pere, had our first run over the weekend, and we did our first cooking on Sunday. Basically, the weather has to be above freezing during the day and freezing at night, and the weather forecast looks great for the prime maple syrup sap running. Well, that is awesome. I am so glad to hear that. And I guess kind of walk me through what the whole prep and then the actual tapping and then post-tapping looks like. Basically, when you go out to tap, you want to tap a maple tree, meaning a sugar maple, silver maple, red maple. Um, You want to tap a tree that is at least 10 um, inches in diameter. You want to tap your tap hole into about inch and three quarter to two inch into the hole or into the tree. And you want to tap it in and then tap it in until you hear a hollow sound. Put um, your bucket on or your pail on and then wait for that um, sap to start running. You want to, when it comes to cooking your sap, you want to collect that sap as soon as you can and cook it as soon as you can. The quicker you cook your sap, the better quality circle you will get from that sap. At your farm in De Pere, Maple Sweet Dairy, how many taps do you guys actually have? We have 1,300 taps. We have um, taps on tubing. We have taps on pails. We have a solar vacuum system out in our woods to help with um, a larger yield on sap. And we, um, we have collection tanks 
about seven collection tanks throughout our run. So we are just set above hobbyist operation. Okay, and I guess that this would be as good a time as any to ask you to kind of paint the picture for what Wisconsin's maple syrup industry looks like. How many producers, average number of taps, just things like that. So Wisconsin is fourth in the nation in maple syrup production behind Vermont, New York, and Maine. There is roughly, this is a low estimate, um, and I'm thinking there's probably four to 5,000 producers. Um, it seems there's more producers in Wisconsin, and actually with the coronavirus pandemic, it seems more people have also come into the industry this year. People really want to um, know where their food comes from. So this is something a person can tap a couple trees on their lawn. They can tap, you know, a hundred trees. It's really, you know, what they feel um, they want to do. Um, there is some bigger producers in Wisconsin as well, um, but mainly I would say it's hobbyists under that thousand to tap. Uh, I should say three thousand taps and below would probably be fifty percent of the state of what um, people tap. Teresa, you've grown up around this. This has been your life, your entire life. Maple Sweet Dairy, the farm that you currently own. That is where your childhood was spent, right? Yes. Making maple syrup since I was little. Um, my parents started making syrup in 1964. The little thing was when we made syrup, I have 10 brothers and sisters. So as my parents grew our family, we grew more taps. And still to this day, the family comes out to help with the collecting and the cooking. And it's really like many operations throughout every maple-producing state. It's a family tradition. It brings people together. It brings families together. And that's why I think the industry just seems to shine more and more because people really like that enjoyment of that time together. All right, wait, hold on. we got to back this train up a little bit. So you grew up with 10 brothers and sisters, tapping trees, making maple syrup. That had to be a really fun upbringing. It it was. (laughs) And it's it's great now because there's a lot of grandkids and the grandkids come out and the great-grandkids come out. So, um, yeah, we since we were little, you were expected to go help carry that pail out of the woods and bring it into the collection. Teresa Barone is along with us. She is a maple syrup producer in Brown County. She is also the executive director of the Wisconsin Maple Syrup Producers Association. So, Teresa, obviously, maple syrup is the bread and butter of your operation. But what are some of the other products that you make that consumers seem to really latch on to? Well, through our business, we um, we have uh, our maple sweet dairy concentrates mainly on our maple syrup, and then our second business, Maple Buzz, which is my daughter and my business. We make um, balsamics, vinaigrettes, maple cream, maple cotton candy. Um, we make a maple coffee, a honey coffee, um, a maple bourbon coffee. Many people throughout the state of Wisconsin have worked with Spreckers, and we have a maple root beer through Spreckers that many maple producers sell. So we kind of have gone beyond just that maple syrup. Um, it seems the value-added products are really taking off. Yeah, it seems like that's happening in so many different commodities just because of the way the consumer market is going. And if we had to step back and compare from when you were a kid to today, is the big difference that there is more of a desire for value-added maple syrup products? Oh, most definitely. Um, it seems when I was younger, it was maple syrup and maybe some maple candy. And, you know, one other product we started making, we make a maple bourbon, which you age in the bourbon barrel. And that has become 
a popular product in flavored syrups. You'll see more and more in flavored maple syrup where we make a cinnamon syrup, we make a honey maple syrup and bourbon syrup. And those are, it's just something different. Mm, you're making me hungry. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that maple bourbon. That also sounds delicious. I want to go back to something that you talked about just a few minutes ago. You said that during coronavirus, more people are getting into the maple syrup industry. And you're in a unique position because you don't need hundreds or thousands of acres or you don't need animals. You can just have a handful of trees and that's all you need to get going. But with that, what are your words of advice to the people that are just starting out? Well, my advice would be the Wisconsin Maple Syrup Producers Association makes a great beginner's book that is free to anybody. And it goes through step-by-step the process to identify your trees, to um, the size tree you should tap, you know, all the way to the tapping, to the collecting, all the way to the bottling process. That's what I would start. Get something like that to read up on. Because you don't, trees are like cows. You there's something you want to take care of and stuff. So you don't want to be tapping your tree wrong. You want to take a little education before you just go put a hole in the tree. Um, And you can buy, there are so many great maple suppliers throughout the state that you can, you can buy um, a couple spigots, a couple sap sacks, you know, anything like that. The big thing is anything you're going to store that sap in, you got to make sure you're storing it in a food grade container because sap will pick up the taste of what the container is it in. It's in. So don't be throwing in an old pickle tails. It'll take that taste of pickles. So you really want to make sure you're using a food grade collection method for your sap to go in. Well, that's great advice because it's fun to have flavored maple syrup, but pickle and maple, yeah, I don't... Uh... I don't know if we necessarily need that. Teresa, just as we begin to wrap up, this is your busy time of the year. Like we said, what does the next month or so look like for Wisconsin maple syrup producers? It it looks like the weather should be a great maple syrup season in here in Wisconsin. It really does. We've had great years the last couple of years. Actually, last year was the best year we ever had in maple syrup production on our uh, maple sweet dairy and deep here it was one of the best we are hoping that this year is as great hey i hope so too best of luck as you're heading out into the woods that is Teresa barone she is the owner of maple sweet dairy in brown county she also happens to be the executive director of the wisconsin maple syrup producers association they have got some really good events to help you get into the spring and maple syrup mood in manitowoc the farm wisconsin discovery center is going to host their inaugural maple syrup days March 26th through the 27th. And then there's another event that is happening even sooner in Antigo. It is going to be the first official maple tree tapping. And that first tree is going to be tapping.